Christy. Hey, Chris. Nice to see you again. Likewise, likewise. It's been, what, a whole week? Yeah, has, yeah it's been an interesting week. Interesting week. Interesting week. How so? Um, I, I think it probably started, well, it's, it's hard to say really, but I've, I've been going through this process for a while now of rethinking what I want to be doing with particularly my work and my kind of career. And I think the more I've got into recovery, the more time I want to spend doing recovery work and doing service and to fill my time with something that's a bit more meaningful. And um, there's a lot of really positive aspects about my job and my work. You know, I, I like the people I work with. Um, you know, I'm you know pretty financially stable, which is good. I've got, I can work my program. I've got flexibility. And I think having a, having a job that gives flexibility is really, really important to me at this kind of particularly at this stage of my life. But I, I, I went on a retreat probably about two months ago, which was pretty profound and helped me in lots of ways. And it's, and I also had a bit of time off work as well, just following off from that. And now I'm back. I'm trying to understand, I guess, a little bit of, you know, what, what I need to be doing next. And it's coinciding with this book that I'm reading. And it's, it's actually on our on our literature kind of uh, what to read section on our website as well, uh, which is uh, a book called by Michael Singer uh, called The Surrender Experiment. And in that, he describes this incredible journey of going through meditation and prayer and this kind of like this spiritual routine he goes on to. And then over time just becoming more and more open to what life is giving him rather than him trying to make choices about what he's doing in his life and having expectations and trying to control life and and this thing just like it's a snowball and it starts with small things and it gets bigger and bigger and and he just learns to surrender more and more as he gets more on this journey and um with that is this big thing i'm trying to wrestle with which is how much how much trust do I have in life and how much faith do I have in my higher power to uh, to kind of really just give off the reins. And I don't think it's something that happens completely overnight. It's not binary. It's it's a gradual trend. But I'm I'm kind of feeling my way through that. And there's lots of things that have been happening over the past few weeks of little opportunities that have come up and things like that. And I'm just wrestling a little bit with it and try, trying to understand them a little bit. So what specifically are you wrestling with? You mentioned there's big changes around work. You know, there's this concept of surrendering. But what in the middle of all of this? Where do you sit right now? What what kind of comes to your mind? What's on your mind? I think there's, there's this... Um, I, I'm looking, I'm reading this book and I'm seeing this journey that this guy has gone on. And I'm also reflecting back on my life. And there's just been so many things that have happened in my life and particularly more so since I've come in recovery. And I don't know if that's just because 
I'm more aware of them and I'm more sensitive to them. But there seems to be a lot of signals now from my higher power which are directing me to a certain down a certain path. Um, you know, I mentioned the retreat that I went on a couple of months back. You know, I, I that was a bit out of my comfort zone. It wouldn't have been the type of thing I, you know, old Stuart would have would have done. And then certain things happened. There was a fellow in the in in this uh, in this fellowship who kind of had been on that retreat. Um, uh, you know, there was a kind of close friend who'd, who'd done something similar or was interested in so, And so there's a number of things like within a couple of weeks kind of pointing. It's like, this is this is more than a coincidence. And I've started to realize and start to pick up on those more and more frequently. And I'm at this point of thinking, I, I really feel like I want to do something different with my life. And, but I've got this whole empire of Stuart built around <laughs> built around what I've kind of I, I guess created and have today and that is uh, I, I, and, and let's just be honest about it like that is very at the core and a lot of the foundation of that is finances like being able to pay a mortgage being able to live a certain lifestyle and if I kind of want to just go and knit yogurt in sandals in a field, that, that that's a very that's you know that's not going to pay the mortgage, <laughs> right? So, and it's funny, it's funny you bring up the finances. I noticed in my life as well, having those big pivots. The first thing I think of is how I'm going to pay for this pivot. Mm. That's instant. Everything else works out, but if I cannot pay for food and rent specifically, mm. which then I can't do it. And it, it's fascinating to hear you talk about this now. I mean, over the last week, I've been watching this show on uh, Disney Plus on uh, the uh, Industrial Light and Magic Department. Mm -hmm. And I see these brilliant people who are able to, you know, they, they do visual effects, but it's the way they think. It's the way they're being mm -hmm. creative. And I've been watching this. I've been almost at the verge of crying. But I, that is something to aspire to. You know, these people, they mm -hmm. go in with, you know, that notion of I need to do something practical in life to pay for my bills. They, they took that leap of faith. But then the question is, how do you trust enough in that in that faith? Hmm. What am I trying to say? Like, how do you how do you feel comfortable taking that leap of faith to begin with to trust that things will work out? Do you feel like that's difficult? Uh, some things some things are easier than others, and um, I think part of it as well is I I don't know what that leap is into, and I don't know I don't even kind of know which way I'm jumping, let alone you know, having faith that I'm going to land on something either. And and when I'm reading this book, this guy is saying, you know, he, you know, he, he didn't want, you know, a job, but, you know, some, someone he knew who had kind of like helped for his PhD had said, look, you know, I really want you to, you know, apply for a job in this institute that, you know, this academic institute I'm starting. And he's like, didn't want to do it. But what he was learning through his spiritual journey and through his meditation and his practices was, to give up on his preferences of what he wanted, either pleasant or unpleasant, and to take the opportunity that life was presenting to him in that moment and just like, and have trust and have faith in it. And straight away, my brain goes, I can't do that. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, like, and again, I go to an extreme, which is, well, someone offers, you know, offers me to kind of do drugs and to get in a bad crowd. Well, you know, is that life giving me the opportunity and therefore I should do it? And that you probably not. So there's obviously this, um, or it's obvious to me, at least in my mind, and maybe, I don't know, maybe this is where I'm going wrong, I don't know, um, that there is 
an intent of where we want to take our lives because he, he does have an intent with each of these steps and these things he's, he's doing, but he's let go of the expectation of how that should unfold and how that should look. And each of these things then transpires into something that, okay, I didn't particularly want that, but then it ended up becoming something that actually was incredibly valuable to him. And and that's what I think I'm kind of struggling with is that balance between having an intent and being clear around what that intent is and letting go of expectations and trusting life. And, you know, my, my sponsor has this lovely phrase, which is faith is trust with a track record. And I do not have a good relationship with my higher power. I mean, I remember back to being... I was probably about nine, ten, something like that, and I believed in God. My parents were, I wouldn't say hard religious, but they they, they were Christians and believed in God, and we would go to church occasionally and things like that. Um, and I remember being probably just before teenage years, making this decision, and it was a bit of an experiment in my head of like, what would happen if I just decided not to believe in God? And, and I don't know what caused it. I have no idea. Uh, I really, really don't of what why I did that it was like I wanted to see would my life fall apart if I didn't and I was like I was, I was almost like testing like do I really need this it's, you know it's a bit like when you you got like toddlers like they throw their favorite toy and then they cry for it and and that's a really important psychological development because what they're doing is they're learning attachment and by throwing away they're saying do I really care about this I'll throw that away no I don't care so much about that throw my favorite toy away uh, yeah I do really care about that and and it's they have to learn that and like they we kind of go you stupid kid why are you throwing your favorite toy and then you want it back it, it, we're missing the fact that they're learning something they're learning what it means to be attached and what something's significance is and I and I think almost maybe I was going through that phase I was I was going through this period of learning of like do I need this in my life do it not do I not and I and I, and I do, but now I'm kind of in my forties. I've got to, I've got to work on that relationship. So what is that relationship? Now that you're in your forties. <laughs> well, it's growing. And, and I believe, <clears throat> I believe if you've, you know, th think about any relationship that is strong, it's not because you show up on a birthday with an ill thought through present, go, hi, how you doing? And then bugger off for a year again. You know, like every relationship that is worth its soul is built on regular, intimate connection on a meaningful base. You know, you work at those relationships. You, you know, you don't have a good relationship because you show up now and again. It's, it's consistency. And since coming into recovery, I've started to build that consistency, but I'm, I feel, you know, I'm really starting from a very low ground because I've just ignored it and I haven't been, you know, I've not been there for my high power, you know, in the, I mean, I think my higher power has been there for me and I've had a lot of close calls and, you know, near misses and you know, it's like my higher power is like, you know, not today, Stuart, we'll, we'll, we'll save you from that one. But um, yeah, I think it's about building that relationship and, and I've got to trust in it a little bit more, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with it at the moment, I think. I find it fascinating. You mentioned it's building a relationship with a higher power. I, I remember when I came into a relationship, people started saying this, you need to develop a spiritual practice or, you know, you need to pray or not. I was like, pray to who? Hmm. Like, who do I, I, when I grew up, I, I remember my daddy used to make a lot of fun of the church. So, you know, as 
Akira kind of wanted to be like his dad back then. I, I said the same, you know, sod it to the church, the whole mm. thing. So that was never natural God to me. And then question starts as I've noticed in recovery. It's okay. So what does it look like? It actually, I don't have a predetermined form of this. Mm. Now, for you, when you say build a relationship with a higher power, what does that higher power look like? Like, is it an entity? Is it the universe? Is it fellowship? Like, what does that look like? Uh, it's it's a really interesting question. Um, I I almost don't think it matters because my my tiny little brain, as great as I think it is, compared to the wisdom of this universe, is nothing. Right? Like it. Like, so the idea that I could really really understand what a higher power is and 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 god you know i use it as shorthand but it's such a loaded term because when you use the word god people think about religion they think guy in a beard on a white cloud they think um you know this they think of an entity right and the, there's so much preconception loaded in the word god that i i almost think it's it's probably unhelpful and um you know, the, the steps do say, you know, however you understand the word God. And, I, you know, that gives, I think it gives us permission to really have our own interpretation on it. And um, I've also seen people struggle with, well, I don't understand what my higher power is. I haven't defined my higher power and therefore I can't trust and accept in it. And, and I think that, I think that's kind of the back to front because, um, understanding what your higher power is is not as important as trusting that there is a higher power and letting it be revealed. I mean, that does make a lot of sense. I, I noticed with myself when it came to higher power and trying to you know, identify what it is, that I always struggled to talk to people who said it was a thing or for that matter, the universe or whatever. Um, as you said, it's kind of something greater than us. Like the universe is does things that I never could, the sunrises and sunsets without me doing anything at all. And I can't, I can't stop it rising or stop it setting anyways. You know, it's, that's completely out of my control. One thing I think I learned in fellowship in a, in a slightly self-centric way is actually a higher, my higher power is in a sense, a higher version of self. And that makes it very challenging to be an addict because I have the answers. When you say I need to pray to my higher power to find the right answer. For me, that's listening to my intuition. An intuition I didn't hear when I was in addiction because my head was so busy. Thing, mm. It was just so much noise. But as the noise starts to settle down, go away, I can now start to see, you know, there there is this faint voice in the back of my mind that will tell me if something is a good or bad idea. If this thing I'm thinking of doing, it, you, like you said, say take a leap of faith in careers. So if I were to do the same, it, it's always that voice in the back of my head saying, the time's right, just do it. The rest of my head will be in a frenzy mm. saying, absolutely not, because it's measuring risk. But there's still that faint voice. And it's fascinating to see that then, in a sense, my higher power is, you know, who do I ideally want to be? Who do I want to strive towards being? And it, that's what I'm, I personally is kind of praying for every day. It's that I can continue to develop and get better and get healthy, I think. It just, and taking, I take myself out of the equation. There's some higher future self. It's not me mm. right now. It's what are we striving towards in the future? And, what do I need to deal with right now? What do I not need to deal with? What can I, sort of like people say, pray on it. What can I give away? What do I not have to deal with? I think that's the most, for me, that's the best thing about power. Power is giving things away. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't have to deal with this. And it's such a liberation. I definitely 
feel that of just you know that this thing like this universe has created life it's created dna it's created you know how my liver my heart my brain functions like all of this stuff i don't control any of that i have zero control over any of that right and you know i can i can control my breathing but sometimes when i think about it but that's about it the rest of it is just life do, doing it for me and so i really should just learn to kind of you know yeah, it's a gradual learning process of just letting go and being free of that. Um, the intu- intuition's a really interesting one for me because um, it's it's not always clear to me where the intuition is coming from. That there are times when, uh, and there's like there's there's a, I think a fair amount of study on this, in particular like in business contexts and things like that, in commercial environments where. Um, you know, you see some really senior leaders and they've, they they act like, they just have an intuition for things. And you could you could make an argument to say that intuition is based on an awful lot of experience. They've had a lot of experience, they've seen it before, it's pattern recognition. And they might not do it consciously, it's like an unconscious pattern of what works, what doesn't work, what is helpful, what is not helpful. And it's really interesting, you get people who have you know, you can see people who have gone very deep into an area, they know it very well, they're very intuitive, and then you put them in a very different context, and their judgments all over the place. Because intuition is quite contextual, can be quite contextual around um, what we find ourselves in and moving into a very different context, we lose that intuition, because we don't have that experience. And therefore, we we're almost but we have a faith in our intuition. Um, that it's that it's right because it served us, you know, 10, 20 years in this particular career or this industry, and then you move an industry and in, into a different, you know, domain, and suddenly you're trusting something that doesn't have 20 years of experience backed behind it. So there's that kind of intuition, but and then there's other intuition where I just feel like this isn't my voice, this is someone else's voice. And I don't know if you've had an experience of that, but that's also like... Yeah. I have, but to your point about say when they try to research it, sometimes it feels like your head. It's just shortcutting that. So it's you could ex- you could probably find a scientific reason as to why you feel that way. You know, when you meet someone and something's off, you don't know what is off, but you know something's right, and suddenly you see what wasn't right, and be like, oh, that made so much sense. I feel like sometimes I don't know where in our head this happens, but it just shorthands that entire process. Just do, do, do you think that's just like. Uh, do you think that's just could just be pattern recognition that's just you know human relationships you, you know how many relationships how many people have you interacted with in 10 20 30 plus years um you, you know someone's a bit dodgy <laughs> you know so you know someone's about to screw you over because you just you know your spine doesn't sit there can you particularly say what the behavior is no not necessarily you just know there's something you don't like see here's something funny and this is going to be a little bit contentious when we do when we do talk about higher power, I do believe it's down to biology. We're, I mean, it's like you said, it's kind of the natural evolution. At some point, we got some sense of consciousness. We got ideas and aspirations. But it, for some people, when I say that, especially in recovery, you can see it, uh, that jars with them. There must be some higher being outside in the universe somewhere pulling strings. But that's, again, bigger than me. That's not mine to figure out. But it's when you go down to biology, I think you're right. It's We store a whole lot of information in our mind. It's you see things, you, there's certain smells, temperatures, textures, etc. You put it all together and it makes all sense. But in our heads, in terms of intuition, I do feel like it's kind of like quantum computing. You get the result, but you don't see anything in the... As you're calculating it, you don't know what you have, but you just get the end result. You could probably work it out, but it's going to take a whole lot more time. Yeah, it's 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 a really 
tricky one. And, and you know, as, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking how much of this is just like me trying to diagnose what's in my head. You know, like get, trying to get it back into my mind, figure out what the answer is, get the root cause, you know, have this nice little mapping of that does that, that does that, this does this. And, you know, I have had some very different experiences in um, probably more, you know, again, more recently since I've come into this program of my higher power talking to me, my, you know, getting some very clear messages. And they've come in lots of different ways. And I think, you know, I'm not, I can't really say if that is because I'm more connected to my higher power, I'm just more open. Um, maybe it's a combination of both. But, you know, when I, not long before I kind of came into this program, I, uh, I was having a meditation. And, you know, for a long time, I'd been really kind of looking for to understand my kind of purpose, um, what I'm really here for, um, you know, quite some, you know, fundamental existential questions, really. And I, I was meditating and then I, 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 I had this, it was just, it just felt like a force come into the back of my body and it came in through my back and it sat me upright. And it was a thought that came into my mind. It wasn't a voice or anything like that. It was a thought, but it was a purely formed thought, crystal clear, completely bound. And it kind of wasn't my thought. And it was, sure, get sober, help others. And it was that. It was as simple as that. And I've got all this life experience of being an addict and having gone through all these challenges of trying to fix it, sort it, manage it, all these, you know, and the, seeing the heart that it, the harm it causes and, um, you know, the, the false thing I chased with this addiction. And I just saw the purpose of it. I saw the value in it. And it just kind of came into like, I can use this for good. I can use this to help others. I can, um, that, that in itself will give my life meaning. And, and that was just really powerful. And that was a thought that came to me. And I just, I was, I was open to it and I wanted to understand it. And it just kind of came in and it was just, yeah, but it almost wasn't mine. It just kind of came to me from somewhere. It was really strange. It's, um, and I feel like that's kind of the point of when they talk about a higher power in an addiction program is you don't have to, you're actually, you can let it go. And that's the beauty of it. You don't have to, you can try and figure it out all you want. You can sit and think of it for as long as you like, but you don't have to anymore. And as an addict, that's liberating. Like I, my addiction, I tried to keep control over everything. But as you said, even that thought, if I had that in my addiction, I would figure out where is this coming from? Why am I thinking this? What's affecting mm. me? Now, none of my business and I can send that away. It's a great thought. But you don't have yeah. to figure out like the source. Don't you find that liberating with the higher power that you can just kind of whatever, where that came from, it's fine. Yeah, and, and I guess, I mean, so there's like kind of two things kind of coming to my mind with that is that one is that I don't think we actually need to try and figure out what our higher power is. I mean, I, I go to meetings and some people say it's love. Some people say it's the fellowship. It's this wider group of, of people. Um, some people say it's nature. Some people, you know, and, and, and actually for me, all of those are true. They're, uh, they're, they're referencing the same space. They're different angles on... Um, on a picture that I don't think we will ever fully see in our lifetime, just because the limitations of who we are as a, as a, as a human being, I just, my personal belief is that I don't think we can fully understand really what, what a higher power is, you know, what the real nature of the, the higher power is. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll confess I'm also a bit of a panpsychist, so I kind of believe that um, um, that that's kind of where my beliefs are probably grounded. And but I didn't know it was that. I, like I just had come to my own beliefs around what my higher power was and what consciousness is, and um, and how that manifests itself in in us as a being, and and part of that awakening. And you know, so in the sense that I think you know we we are all God and part of God. Um, but also we have this perception in our own identity that separates it, that creates this illusion of separation that we're, we're not the same. And, and so just those two things are present within, I feel those two things are present within me in any particular moment and trying to delineate between the two and going, I've got a thought in my mind and it might feel right, but is that my higher power or is that just me? wanting something and thinking and thinking yeah i want that like that's really hard for me to figure out you're not alone in struggling with that and i think that's the that's kind of why I like talk when we talk about higher power calling it intuition because as an addict sometimes especially in addiction it's completely out of line but other other times it, it makes the world of sense and it's i talk to my wife about this quite often and it, that's why i find all of this so challenging is when can i state my claim when can i which hills do i die on which hills do I not? I, because some battles you got to choose, but how do I choose the right ones? Mm. I, most, most days I still don't know. I still don't know how to feel when it should feel right. I need to, mm. I need to ask others. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I do believe that the group is our higher power and that also can intervene. And I think, you know, talking with fellows is really, really helpful and, and people who are, who we've got those kind of good relationships that 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 are healthy in our lives, let's say, can can help steer us and direct us. Um, you know, again, I just I just find it it's you know there's a lot of signals there. You know, and, and you know I can have a conversation with one person who will be very, you know, I, I, I let, let me let me really be specific about it because then it might kind of help. Um, you know, I say I'm at this kind of transition my career and I, I am under no pressure to make a decision anytime soon um you know i'm in a i'm in a good job i'm in a stable job um and it allows me to work my program I've, I've got all those good things with it and i'll speak to someone else at my work and they'll be saying you know you can really push for this next promotion this next step and you can be doing this and i think well is that a higher power moment because i had a chance encounter with them and a call and then they they said this and then things might open up. And then literally the same day, a recruiter gets in contact with me with a different job, which is twice the salary, um, you know, and, and there's an opportunity there um, in a space that I know really, really well. And it's like, well, which is it? Cause like, I, or is this just the universe kind of saying, Stuart, just be patient. I'm just going to distract you with, you know, this little kind of cat little dangly toy. And you can go play with this with catnip for a while. And then, you know, when the, while the real thing is unfolding, you know, just because I'm getting impatient. Yeah. Or could it be that the universe isn't there at all right now because it actually has more important things to do than to figure out if you're going to go right or left. It's like, you figure that one out and we'll figure out the rest. But you see, I don't, I don't, you see that, that sits uncomfortable for me because I, I don't believe that. Um, I believe every experience in every moment that all of us are having is, I wouldn't say is designed behind it, but but I, I don't think anything is insignificant in that point. Every experience and every moment we oh. have is 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 important. And 
Don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm saying that that decision is insignificant by any means. For you, it's huge. It's defining, you know, it can define your next five, 10 years. But is that one of those moments where, you know, when you're like getting sober and helping others, that was a mid, that was a crossroad in life. Mm-hmm. Is this a crossroad in life or is this one of those that, you know, the universe doesn't have to weigh in as heavily right now on this one as you probably think it should or need to just because it's uncomfortable to you, right? Well, I think that comes back down to expectations versus intent. Because for me, I would really, really appreciate, I would really like the universe to give me a very clear signal and say, Stuart, this is what's going to happen and map it out for me in pretty clear terms. And I'd like to do it now quite soon. In fact, I'd prefer it a couple of months ago, if I'm being really honest. So I have an expectation and impatience on, you know, that this is not just... um, um, you know, like a step 11 of asking um, for God's will to be revealed to me um, is I want that and I want it now. So I, in in a way, I'm kind of trying to control my high power of like, I, I in some ways, I, 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 I trust that the answer will be revealed. I do trust that. But I'm impatient. And I'm trying to control my high power by saying, but I really want it now. I'd like you to tell me the answer now. Because I'm uncertain. I'm in this frame of uncertainty, a little bit of indecision. It's uncomfortable sitting there. It's going on longer than I'd like it to. And I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know what I should be exploring. And and I feel it's significant time in my life. It's like, well, why aren't you directing me to where I kind of want to need to go? I think you're indirectly bringing up quite a universally big topic. And, you know, it's a it's a topic of predictability and comfort. If you, for example, why do we have predetermined careers in many fields? Because it's comfortable for a lot of people. Mm. It's why do we go? F- why don't we all? Why aren't we all pioneers finding new things? Because it's really uncomfortable trying to do groundbreaking stuff. It's very nice showing up every day and kind of know your expectation. You know, sort of, mm. am I kid today or not? And especially, I I'm going to argue that most addicts probably love control in some way or another to keep their existence together. Mm-hmm. There probably are outliers out there who are completely off the rails. There's no control. But I like to think they want control. They desire control. Which I feel like that's when the higher power comes in. It, it's to get out of your own head. It's, you know, you you take life in life terms. Take a step back. Um, salute you. You would like to help because, well, it's new to you. It's quite pioneering in many ways. <laughs> You know, a job that doubles his salary is probably going to come with more responsibility too. Unless you're really lucky and there isn't, like, well, it's exactly the more the same just for double pay. I mean, it, is, it will probably be a disruption. What, what it might risk, it, I mean, the responsibility isn't a problem because my responsibility is pretty big already at the moment. And I actually don't think this is going to be an awful lot bigger and in in some ways it's an actual simplification because it's more it's more focused um it's it's more around travel working my program can i do this and 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 is this really taking me in the direction that i want to go then the question is where do you want to go do you even know or is this one of those times you just gotta try and see what happens have have some faith Mm. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly, and then it comes. I, I guess it comes back to. Um, I, I I do believe in some ways that there is. It is not binary of you just 
surrenders life and life just does everything for you and in effect you know because if you took that extreme view you'd just be a passive a passive observer of your own life and i I don't i personally don't believe that's what we're here for but equally i don't think we're here to try and control everything and and you know i'm going to be the master of the universe and i'm going to i'm going to detail everything and orchestrate the whole lot right neither of those are right extremes in my personal model of the world so I think there's a boundary somewhere in between this position in between where I think we do have some volition, some agency to take our life in a particular direction and and we can do that. And then there's the other piece of the universe and, and God, your higher power, whatever, however you know, will will just kind of take care of the rest. And it will and it'll um, but we've got to be open to that. It's like it's like a it's like an agreement, it's like a contract between um as an as an our higher power of okay i'd like to kind of do this and it's like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna present it to you and i'm gonna unfold this in an interesting way but don't you know get get out of the execution bits too like that that's my job kind of type thing you know <laughs> oh, you mentioned micromanaging me <laughs> <laughs> you're mentioning a really good balancing act and it's you touched my preferences earlier i mean it's in essence there's no point having preferences. If you really want to get conceptual about it and a little bit philosophical, there's no point. But also, I I like certain types of bread over others. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. I like certain types of food over others. Ideally, we should all just eat what's, you know, the least impact on the environment to still give us nutrition, like a paste. But that's a preference. Exactly. Even but- that's a preference because you've, you've, you've made a decision. You've made a judgment. And, and I, I struggle a little bit with the word judgment because when we think of judgment, we go, Sounds oh, bad, that's, that's nasty, that's yeah. bad. Well, well, that's, well, that's a judgment on judgment. But, like, you know, maybe a better word is discernment. Oh, so you, you, what does that mean? Well, you, you, have a, you can't remove discernment. But like, what does discernment mean for the ones of us who are not natively English? <laughs> um, to to make a distinction. Okay. To make a distinction between. So it's it's impossible, I think, for us to go through life and not make distinctions, to not discern between things, to not. Be, uh, you know, you can go well. It's all one, and it's like, but that doesn't. That practically speaking, that 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 is a. It's it's a philosophical kind of notion which actually probably you know has very little I, I think very little practical application in living a day to day life right and um, the question is what do you do with that discernment and what do you attach to it and and how do you respond to it so you can discern whether you like you know tea or coffee you can discern whether you want to eat healthy food or junk food you know that that is a discernment and, and it's impossible to remove that discernment there and and with that discernment comes a preference of what you like and what you don't like and what is you know what is tasty what is not tasty what is healthy what is not healthy whatever it is and we have that i think in everything otherwise and that, that's healthy. That's a good boundary to have, right? Otherwise, you'd just be, you know, and, and as, I'm going to be honest, as, an, as a sex addict, I wasn't very discerning with, you know, my sexual behavior, like anything, anyone kind of type thing. And, yeah. and, and that led to a lot of pain because I wasn't discerning enough. And I wasn't in touch with my own needs and what healthy sexuality was. And I think you were touching on something. I don't hear this being talked about a lot in the program, but 
what my version of a higher power did for me was allowing me in the moment to better take care of me, to make those discernments in the moment. Like the big things are still mm. difficult. Like you're talking about the big like job change. That's a tough one. Any like regardless, why do we change jobs rarely? Because it's difficult. But you know, it's what do I need today? Can I get out of my own head? Can I? When people say pray on it, I do believe it is just to take a break from whatever's going on in your mind right now. Just take a step back. It's fine. And then you can come back to it. Because as you said, you got to have an opinion or a discernment. You you have to. Life doesn't work without them. So in, in sense of... That, that's kind of the role I've seen higher powers played for me. And I, I always find it fascinating when people try to make God very conceptual and try to do all the big things. But I'm actually just helping me go out, see, you know, beauty and nature, lift my head a bit, not get too bogged down in my own head. It's actually to extract me out of my own mind. Mm. That, that's, yeah, we still make choices, but I make a whole lot less. Just freeze up bandwidth. Yeah. And, uh, and so I kind of like, can I go back to this book? Because it's, it's really, you know, it's really very, very prominent in my mind of this, you know, this guy said, you know, he, he got offered this job, didn't want to take it, you know, didn't, didn't want to kind of go for an interview. But he, and, and so what he did is he observed his preference, his discernment of, um, going going for a job when he didn't want to work uh you know going to do some exams uh which he didn't kind of want to go and take but you know he was kind of like you know the the university had accidentally enrolled him in in and you know his third exam and he didn't want to take it and he's like well okay the you know the university is telling me to kind of do that i'm going to go take the exam and then he ended up passing it and doing really well and then he goes to this job interview uh, because he was like, who am I to say no? Life is giving me this opportunity. Who am I to say no to that, even though it was not his preference? I think that that brings a lot of beauty into the present as well, taking away mm-hmm. that, you know, trust, trusting that a higher power will take care of something because it's life is fairly random and we do love to say that things are good or bad. I mean, labeling is, mm. look at, if you want to bring in, media news i mean that's what we do we label things as good and bad some things are Mm. right other things are wrong now ethically morally some things are and some things aren't but on a day-to-day it's i've noticed i don't love my job i really don't it's very very theoretical very pedantic and it's a lot of exams (laughs) but it's it's fascinating sitting in the middle of that trusting that this is actually part of an experience that i get to experience i get to sit actually the experience now is my feelings that's very fun. There's those challenging feelings. Then trust, you know, the journey is what matters. The journey is, it's going to work out. I'm going to have food. I'm going to have shelter. All these things I need to survive. And the rest is just it to fill time. Got quite a few years left yeah. of time to fill, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I kind of, I'm really conflicted by it. I'm really conflicted by it because on one hand, I've got a real experience of that in my life. That is not just a theoretical thing you're saying that i kind of go yeah in theory it sounds right yeah like lovely i've got a real practical experience of of having surrendered lots of things in my life and just the you know the universe my higher power whatever it is just making it all all right and being incredibly grateful and and then i've got other occasions like like where i am now just but you know and i think it's fear-based of yeah, but how we wired, though, but think about yeah. it. How are we wired biologically to see to see dangers and stay away from them? Mm. That's how we survived. Yeah, and and that is that is a preference, right? That's a preference to kind of keep my home, keep my lifestyle, keep these things. And you know, and I've also presupposed that my power, higher power wants me to go 
live in you know a house made of sticks and and leaves and he, he it might not do you know yeah you know, because it's you know I, I i've got this preconceived idea in my head of what that outcome would be and it's you know it's one outcome right of me being on the street living in living in a forest um oh yeah there's nothing in between is it no, there's nothing in between no, 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 there's, no, no, no. Not, there's not like a billion other opportunities or possibilities over, that happen straight overnight <laughs> <laughs> it's funny coming into yeah. recovery i remember thinking about that when wrestling with the whole concept of higher power and in the end i was like well the ultimate thing you have to do is to end up as an indian temple being poor and just pray yeah. sit and meditate and i was like well yes that's probably fine but no no thank you i do like good coffee i don't think i can source that necessarily there you know it's it's practical <laughs> elements and i feel like that's the difficulty with the whole thing is okay where do you draw like you talked about earlier where do you draw a line in your mind what what is right what isn't it's very difficult yeah yeah i'm really um you're reminding me of um a couple of times actually where i have had some good signals on on either way and one um i've i've emigrated twice for work um the first time i did probably about um probably about 15 years ago something like that and that was a complete disaster of an experience it was horrific my life imploded in about six months and i left the country um it was very emotionally difficult. There was an awful lot of um, difficult things in almost every area of my life, you know, financially, uh, friendships, uh, family, um, uh, work was extremely difficult and very, very uh, fractious. And as I, you know, kind of did six months there, left, you know, a lot, lot of financial burden and things like that as, as a result of moving and shipping and, and all that kind of type of stuff. And um certain relocation cost pay. it was a really unpleasant experience i wouldn't say in hindsight it was a bad experience i got an awful lot out of it and i've learned an awful lot and i grew an awful lot of it as a result of that experience but it's interesting because that experience the driver for me to move abroad was was me what 100 that was me wanting to go to a land of milk and honey, everything will be wonderful over there. And I was trying to escape from stuff. And it was something that I'd planned and I I I had driven for a couple of years to kind of get out there and cultivate that opportunity and do it. And then in contrast, the last time I've did it, which was about 10 years, 10 years later, um, I didn't plan that at all. And, you know, I had a job process that I was going through in London. Um, I went, you know, and I was just exploring the opportunity. I wasn't really sure about it. I was just kind of interested, kind of seeing what happened. And at the end of the process, the recruiter said, look, you know, they're going to make you an offer. And it's, you know, it's quite a good offer. And they said, oh, but it's, it's, it's not in London. It's, you know, it's, it's somewhere else. And it's like, <laughs> I've just, just bought a house in London. And, you know, I've just kind of, you know, just moved next to my kind of daughter and I just had this whole court thing go through. And then a couple of things happened literally that weekend is that I got the job offer and then I had some things kind of come through the court and I won't go into it, but there was a lot of personal things around my access with my daughter at the time and uh, the divorce settlement and things like that. And I got a letter from her and I just, I just remember looking at this thinking, I, I, even though I've gone three years in court and I've kind of won, 
like in inverted commas, you know, like the legal process, practically speaking, I, I can't win this. I, you know, and when I say win this, I mean specifically with um, getting regular access to my daughter and seeing her and, and being a meaningful part of her life on a, on a regular basis, which is why I'd moved to the place I'd moved to, which is why I'd kind of bought the house, that type of thing. And and all of that was broken and ripped, like at, like three years trying to build that, it was just broken out. And it's like, and it all happened in the weekend, I kind of got this job offer. And I'm like, this is this my higher power just saying, go, go explore this opportunity? It just, it felt like it. But I did it, interestingly enough, I did it taking the experience from the first time I went of, you know, I'm going to do this in a controlled way because I know how it can backfire. And I know that this is a double-edged sword, maybe a great opportunity, but it also might be a terrible experience and I need an out. I need an exit that I can, um, uh, I need an exit strategy if this doesn't work well. So I I thought about it differently. I structured the deal differently and the, and the thing. So, And so I just contrast those two experiences of one me trying to do it and the other one, I felt my higher power just kind of presented to me. And and that last one, I, I'm still there. You know, six years later, I'm still there. And it's been a, it's been a wonderful move. I love those. For, I mean, people listening to this probably in recovery and, you know, those higher, higher power moments, which I think we yeah. refer to those as there. It's quite funny when you start becoming perceptive to them, how off that's a huge one. I mean, it's in your face. It's glaring. But yeah. I feel like they happen often, more often than I mm. thought they did. There's these small coincidences everywhere, all the time. But you just got to, you just got to keep, you got to be present to see them. If you're not present, yeah. you're going to miss them. They pass so fast. Yeah. Well, it kind of comes back to your point you were making earlier. Like, is this is this a big enough moment for the universe to kind of like in into thing? And I I feel it's there. You know, to your point you're just making now, I feel it's there all the time. And and. You know, I, I was in the car um, pretty recently and I was driving um, something pretty innocuous. I was driving to a garden center to buy some plants for the garden, do what, some planting. What, what kind of what kind of plants, by the way, just out of curiosity? Uh, some rhododendrons and some some other things. God, some you are very long, God, you're names. old. You're so old. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> I would love to give a retort other than just a just a bird, but I don't. <laughs> would look away. Yeah. yeah, I like my garden. What can I say? Um, but anyway, so I was going to the garden center, and like there was a couple of things that really, really triggered me, and like unexpected, and um, uh, what you know, and it was really interesting because I was on, a, in fact, I was on the phone to you at the time, and we'd called. And we were chatting and then there was, there was two things as, as I was driving that were really kind of quite triggering for me uh, and unexpectedly so. And it's like, oh, why, why are we on the call together? Like, you know, because, you know, is that a higher power thing? And then interestingly enough, when I left the garden center, there was also, you know, someone, another fellow happened to call me literally as I'm just getting in the car and driving home. And as I'm talking to this guy, like it's, having a fellow on a journey that might go through or close to an area that might be triggering or a little bit risky uh, and some thoughts that might come in just ha being on the call to a fellow just means I'm chatting to the fellow and I'm driving home. And it felt like those were like higher power moments of just, you know, yeah, just God stepping in and protecting me and just keeping me safe. And, and so I think it happens in little moments as well. And I think in my head, that's what's so funny. It's you can 
give that credit. You can give that credit to an entity. Could it just be the world actually isn't as bad as we think it is as addicts? Like for years, I thought this is an awful place. You know, it's just bad things everywhere and you got to protect yourself. What could it actually be when you, when you're present, when you're not in your head thinking about future past and mm-hmm. everything to worry about actually in the present, things work out. They do most of the time. Things. Well, like, I, I guess, I guess for me, I don't think of God or my higher power as an entity. So I, I, I struggle to maybe bridge that because in the same sense, because I, I don't feel it's a separate entity and the universe and everything is, is separate. I, for me personally, God is my higher power is the universe. It is life. It is everything. And that includes all of us. And what we are are basically little portals, little manifestations of consciousness that creates this little pockets of separation so that we can we can witness life and and have an experience of it and so you know it, it's all the same thing in, in in my head and yeah so so I, I I struggle with this kind of that that's why I think this idea of like there is an entity overseeing everything and deciding with a, like a stroke of a magic wand okay i'm going to do this i'm going to do like I, th- that's why i just i struggle with that concept it just doesn't fit very comfortably with me and uh, and i think that's part, partly why makes a lot of sense but you know in terms of being spiritual one thing they often talk about in the program is having a spiritual practice mm-hmm. what does yours look like i mean practically speaking you know, daily actions for me are prayers and meditation. So morning prayers, evening meditations. And, and people talk about this shit sandwich of like, you know, the prayer sandwich of like, you know, in effect. <laughs> you heard this phrase of no, like, you know, like, oh, there's this thing of like, you know, the shit sandwich of, you know, like, well, I've prayed in the morning and I've prayed in the evening. And then the rest of your life is shit because, you you know, you're not living a spiritual <laughs> path throughout the day. Like you've, you've basically, you know, it's the bread rather than the whole sandwich, which I kind of get because um, I think it does need to be a full for it to be meaningful change in your life it, it's, it's got to be embedded through everything but there's also something for me very significant about starting the day and ending the day on those bookends and i think that's that's very important and there's there's some kind of stuff in around um um neuroscience of what the, the kind of the thoughts that you go to bed sleeping with are the ones you wake up with as well so that there is something that feels significant about prayer and meditation going to bed and then the same thing in the morning um and also just practically speaking for me if i if i don't get up and do my prayers and meditation in the morning and and also i've got several readings and things like that that i do uh, if i don't do that routine in the morning pound to a pinch of shit i'm not doing it in the day because just life and work and everything else just just gets busy and i just drop it and so it's a way of me prioritizing the what i feel is the most important thing in my day at the beginning and then you know seven o'clock in the morning half seven I, you know I, i've kind of done the bits i've done the most important things that i wanted to do in the day and anything else that kind of comes out of that is kind of like a bonus in a way you can almost transfer that into just being good at doing self-care you know actually sitting down with yourself in the morning checking in who am i today how do i feel today it's which mm. it's funny you wake up a little bit different every day but still i don't know about you but i have this notion that most people wake up thinking they're going to be the same I, I'm going to be happy every day. Or I'm going to be sad every day, we're, we're, depending on what state you are in life. But actually, you know, that self-care moment of checking in. Who am I? What do I want out of this day? What am I, what am I struggling with today? What am I holding on to? And same at night, as you mm. said, just actually taking time to take care of yourself. 
Because if not, it, yeah. if not, you start straight. Okay, so say you roll out of bed. My wife's great at this. If uh, and she will roll out of bed, get ready and run to work. Mm-hmm. No self care, right? And you can see that effect because you start today stressed, and you're going to be stressed for hours now because you've never had a, mm-hmm. never really had a moment to stop to slow down a bit before everything else starts moving around you. There is a a wonderful talk that was at the last kind of London Recovery Day um, by a fellow, and um, I think you you listened to it as well. I think we were on a different session. You gave it twice, and there's a phrase that he said which has really stuck with me, which he was hurtling through life and hurting himself by hurtling, and I just it's really just stuck with me. Do you want to really, paint really the picture for people listening? Because I, I've heard what you're saying, but what does that mean? The hurdle through life. Why is that? Why is that a bad thing? Why does that hurt you? I think because um, I think when you're you're hurtling, it's it's a it's an we're not conscious about what we really want to do with our life. Um, or, or at least I'm not, I'm not conscious about what I want to do in my life. I am not, th- I'm not present. I'm not being mindful of, you know, life is a gift. It's a real gift. And we, it's, it's a very time bound, right? Um, it, it doesn't yeah. go on forever for us in our form. And so we have a window of opportunity to really experience some present life. And, I've always felt this very strong responsibility to make the most, I think, of that opportunity and to, and to live life to the fullest. And and I think that's got distorted through addiction of like that, that was living life to the thing, but, you know, not in a healthy way. To be but, fair, though, how the world is sold to you, living your life to the fullest means doing things all the time, living an action-filled yeah. life. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I think there is this, and that, that is, I think, the danger of it is like where you can easily get, on the wrong tracks and and take that to an extreme of of doing stuff of got to do this got to do that got to do this got to do the next thing and of course it's got to be bigger and we're just on this train of activity and you know just the volume and pace of how i live my life today compared to what my parents and what their grandparents did like you know there's an incredible gulf of acceleration of just activity of doing stuff and the problem is is that i we're not human, we're human beings, not human doings. And if you just fill all your life doing stuff, you can't be anyone. And, you know, so uh, by, by filling my life full of stuff, I deny understanding who I am. And if I don't understand who I am, I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to hurt others because I'm doing this. I'm like a, you know, blindfolded dancer with fire torches in a crowded room, you know, like off on something, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to burn people. I'm going to hit people. I'm going to slap them around the head. Oddly specific mental image. (laughs) I don't know where it came from, but you know, it's like, you know, it's bull in a China type stuff of just, lots of energy, lots of activity, lots of flailing around and being completely insensitive to the environment and people and, and myself. 
And I think just slowing down just gives us that perspective again. And I think, it does for me. Yeah, and I think a big part of your problem, if you don't mind me analyzing on your behalf, is it's it's the fact that you have a lot of resources, internal resources. I mean, if you I, I know you quite well. So I mean career wise, you you've done exceptionally well, you know, in terms of your life experiences, you've experienced quite a bit. You know, you, you have real accolades behind you, but because of that, I do have a feeling people like to follow you. People do find you charismatic. They like to listen. They like to learn. And, you know, when you're not even conscious of where you are yourself, how can you make sure mm-hmm. that you're taking care of others as well as yourself when you when you go along that journey? Because, I mean, if, when you use all your resources, when you put your mind to something, you may, you've always achieved it. Even, even on this recovery journey, you know, turning your life 180 degrees around, you've done it. Congratulations. You're still mm-hmm. doing it. But... You know, imagine previous in life and you kept doing that with other things that weren't mindful where you didn't stop to think, where there was just from one action mm-hmm. item to the next. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's quite scary, isn't it? Or I find it scary. Uh, yeah, uh, and it's Yeah, that there are plenty of times when I have been completely fixated on a goal or an objective and and just pursued it relentlessly. And um there is some there is some advantage to being able to do that to focus and to be quite machiavellian a little bit about it and being um uh, very determined very persistent and very focused on achieving something and and doing whatever it takes to kind of get there but I found personally I can get intoxicated with that. I can get blinded to it so that I'm going to achieve it at whatever cost and uh, and miss the point of what I'm doing it for, you know, or not really understanding what I'm doing it for. And just it just becomes it becomes an objective in of itself and and then just completely discarding, you know, let, let's just be really truthful about this, you know, working very long hours, getting career success, achieving things, that has an impact on partners that has an impact on family it has impact on relationships it has an impact on children i think unless you've done it you don't realize the tremendous cost it can come with mm. it's funny those six to seven extra hours you have after work or most people have <laughs> after work right which mm. like if you have a high performing career they're gone you don't have that mm. yeah and, and and you know back to the point of consistency earlier on right which we talked about you know to have a good relationship with your higher power i think you've got to be consistent at it i think it's the same with career like you don't you don't make a career in 6 12 18 months you make a career or a successful career over decades and it's there's a big commitment to do that and that that is a choice because to do that and to live a spiritual program and have a very committed spiritual program requires consistency and it requires effort and it takes time to do it and there's i'm not saying they're completely exclusive you can't achieve a balance between the two but it's just an awful lot harder if you're not being binary about it and i want to be binary about it i want to go either i've got a really great career and i'm just doing that or i jack my career and i go knit yogurt in a field with sandals and you know straw hats but think and, about and it i'm like, gonna be a spiritual i mean path. you live in a head where all you're really uh, one thing you're really good at is finding problems now you have a fixed thing you're moving towards where you can identify all the problems god i must be so like you imagine how many problems you cut down how to calculate in your mind and it's you know it's people's you know that whole thing about life's a marathon right it's it's a bit cheesy but in terms of high power it's kind of 
it's kind of true in terms of enjoying life. You know, the higher power moments are the water breaks you get as you run, you know, but you kind of need them frequent at some point. You know, they do come around quite often. Yeah. And it's daily in our case, but it's, I think that's the point of it that, you know, remember that because you could put your head to the grindstone for your career for the every day, 18 mm. hours for the rest of your life, but you're going to crash. Anyone who's done it have at some point crashed or taken a break or had to rest. And I feel like that's what, that's kind of the higher power bit in recovery. It's, you know, taking that step back. It's to, you know, let's sit still for a bit. Let's rest. Let's, let's you know, empty our minds of things. Let's give something away. And not as I say, solve all your life problems at once. Yeah, and I think um, what what I what I feel is there is a transition between that kind of lifestyle, and I'll have had periods where I've worked very long hours, and there's been a, a cost to that, and 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 often the time I have both liked it and hated it as well. Like I've I've liked the buzz, I've liked the prestige the recognition if i'm being quite honest about it um but i've also actually hated committing that amount of time and not really kind of having time for anything else because it was very consuming and, and so it was a bit of a love-hate relationship and what i what i've what i've shifted certainly over the last you know five years or so in my life is i i have i've got more balance i've i've got more like work is taking less volume of time. I'm learning to be more uh, efficient and more and, and leverage more skills and, and, and onto the stuff that really matters on the important things and, and to try and control things less um, and to help and grow others. So that's, that's kind of think where the, the recovery is coming in around, you know, controlling less, helping, supporting others rather than trying to control and to manage um, and so that shift is, you know, from work is decreasing and, and what has lifted and grown in volume is the amount of time I have in recovery, um, the work that I do there. And, 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 you know, from a daily piece of actions, you know, we talked about, you know, what, what's the spiritual, you know, what does that spiritual relationship look like with me is, is you know, it's a series of daily actions, but it's also what I do with my holidays and my time off is that I, I go on retreats and I, you know, I do some quite long meditation courses, you know, kind of, you know, 10 day silent meditation retreats and things like that. And, and other types of retreats as well. And I've done quite a few over the years and experimented a little bit of just exploring, seeing what that looks like. And does that do anything for me? And what do I get from that? And they've all been helpful in some way. So I do that a lot with my holiday. Cause I think, you know, if I've got, you know, 30 ish days a year of, of break, if I can spend 10 days, on my own like 10 dedicated days of personal spiritual growth that's not a lot actually it's not a lot but it's it'll add up it will add up yeah what i really enjoy about this conversation about you know higher power and actually everything else that comes with it is how first of all how integral it is to everything but also how it intertwines mm -hmm. into everything there's and that's, I find this conversation interesting in recovery because there isn't an answer. You're never going to get one answer. You're going to get infinite answers because it's all infinite and it's, you can't put your finger on it. And I feel like that's almost the point of it. It is to bring it back to faith. You know, you just got to believe it works. And when you believe it works, it's there. It, it is. Maybe that, and again, that's my opinion. Someone that's probably going to listen and say, do you know what? He's absolutely wrong. Mm -hmm. And 
I find that's the fun bit. It's this conversation. It's an hour long of all these bits and pieces, how it ties into everything. Those are how it ties into nothing at the same time. I find that that's what's so fun about it. It's this constant revolving journey where you learn and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And it never really ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, I think in each of these cases, we'll always come up to a boundary condition. We always come up to a, a new threshold. Yeah. And for me, getting into this program saying, I'm an addict, my life is unmanageable. That was that was an act of <laughs> surrender. And that was a trust. That was a trust and a uh, in something else in me. Uh, step two was really, I really struggled with step two because I believed in a higher power. I didn't know what it was quite, you know, and, and you know, I, I've got an understanding that I'm, that I'm comfortable with that I can work with today, which I think is important enough. But I, I really didn't know why would my higher power want to help me. And, and the reality is, I believe it does. It just, I, I, wasn't in a place where I could accept it because I had never worked on that relationship. And so um, that took me a while. And, and so, and then I kind of get that. And then I get this new thing of like, okay, and I need to, I feel an urge and I feel a desire an intent to shift my life onto more recovery um, for it to grow in my life. And, you know, but I'm impatient about it. And so I'm like, come on, high power, you know, pull your finger out, get, get going. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know don't, don't work it's on still, your time scale. I work on mine. So. It sounds like you're doing what they tell you at step two too, is if you struggle to be willing and pray to be willing, just try yeah. Just And that's all you need to do. Just mm-hmm. do your best. Cause there, I think we all forget that sometimes there is not one set definition to do something. We love to create them, but there is no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it wrong. Yeah, and you know, like I, uh, I, I have this thing called a God can, and it was a great little thing from my uh, suggestion from my sponsor of, and it's a reincarnated tin of tuna, um, and the idea is that I can't, but God can, and only God can, and so it's just it's just a tin <laughs> with the label off, and um, when I, I guess it's fears or feel out of control or. You know, you know, and these are different words for it. Like, I can't, I don't feel I'm in a place to trust. Why well, don't I feel I'm in a place to trust? Because my fear is overtaking me. Or, um, you know, and we can call that uncertainty or stress or being overwhelmed and things like that. But ultimately, I feel behind that there's, there's a fear of the unknown or a fear of uh, lots of things. And uh, so I, I kind of write those down and I kind of say a little prayer and I put them into my God can and, um, you know, like let, let them soak overnight and dissolve. And then uh, they go on the fire in the morning. Uh, and, uh, and, actually, and I find that light them on fire <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. yeah it. <laughs> it's, it's returning it to the ether from where it came from. I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think there's a lot in rituals actually, I know, and, and symbology and, you know, if you ask me, you know, I'm a scientist and engineer, I've got, I've got three science and engineering degrees. So, you know, I'd like to think I'm uh, relatively grounded in, in practical stuff of the, of, of, of the earth and I'm an engineer. So, um, you know, you, if you say to me, is there something, you know, concrete about burning something? I, I say probably not, but I do believe there is a lot of ritual, which has significance to us that when we act something through our bodies and do something, um, through a ritual in that way and we have an intent behind it we are manifesting something and we're at least opening our minds up to something 
of a possibility of of that change and i think that gives us hope um and i think you know it's interesting because you know you look at all the different principles you know like within within this faith there's you know we've, we've kind of touched on patience we've touched on courage we've touched on kind of like surrendering like they're all you know they're all in here but you know they're they're an interesting network of of assets and um and virtues so to speak but yeah so i, I use my gold can to, to kind of surrender and uh, and even just what i pray for you know um i've had to really be kind of mindful about what i pray for i used to pray for certain outcomes of things to happen and i'm, I'm finding i'm stopping doing that because then then i'm setting an expectation of how my higher power should enact the world and how it should be for me or, or even just someone else and i'm kind of like i just don't think that's what I want to pray for anymore is just, you know, pray to accept and pray to be willing and pray to be open. Um, let the rest work itself out. Let the rest work itself out. And on that note, we've mm. hit the hour. Uh, thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure chatting, Steve. Yes. Uh, until next time. Until next time.